Return to Oz one minute at a time, and what a minute do we have for you today? I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci, and we're joined once again by, um, from season two of the Mad Max Minute, Julia and Rick Ingham. Hello! Hello! Welcome back! Uh, I'm gonna do my little wrap-up really quickly, because I feel like we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, minute 92 starts with the gnomes attacking as our heroes try to escape. And it ends with, wait for it, Belina's Clux surprising everyone! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, alright, so, yeah, this is Claymation Minute! I know you had mentioned you wanted to talk about these gnomes particularly. I certainly did, because while they are amazing looking, and the claymation that you can see is top-notch, it's so fluid, and yet janky at the same time, and it creates such an amazing (laughs) atmosphere. At the same time, I have to lump these gnomes in with the wheelers as far as ineffective henchmen, because all the gnomes are doing is snarling, grasping out at our heroes and just kind of funneling them around well i think that's their usefulness is they're funneling the group back towards the gnome king so he can eat them (laughs) so it's like having an army of movable orange cones yes to direct traffic absolutely (laughs) that are very scary (laughs) go my gnome army observe (laughs) it's like having an army of paul blarts I mean, sure, they're scary looking, and they sound scary, but you step three feet away from the wall, and they can't get you. Uh, Yeah, this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is why kids were scared of this movie. Oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's all coming together of like, oh, right, this is scary. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely give them that. I mean... The fact that they pop out of a wall with very little advance warning could instill that idea in a kid's mind. And then they're just walking down a hallway thinking, oh, wow, this could all of a sudden produce a gnome creature that's going to pop out and try and take my face off. Uh, The ones that are in the wall, like the, the ones that are coming out like full bodily. Okay, that's scary enough. I'm actually way more freaked out that the ones that are in the textured wall. Yes. That are kind of like moving with them. Yes, because that textured wall has been there the entire time. Mm-hmm. So does that mean those creatures have just been laying in wait? I don't know. Well, and like, because I noticed like, it, the set didn't strike me as particularly full of stones. But I was like, oh, I, I guess it is marble everywhere. And suddenly they're everywhere. So they can just travel within whatever, I guess. But also, up until this point, we had seen the Gnome King. We knew he was the Gnome King. Okay, fine. And we had seen his stooge who reports back to him, who had popped up in different rocks. But this had not been implied anywhere yet, that there were this many little bad guy henchmen waiting to go. I'm thinking about imagery that we see in in movies where there's a big bad guy 
And then lots and lots and lots of tiny little minions. I'm thinking specifically about Fantasia, the, uh, oh, what's the last number called again? Huh? The Night on Bald Mountain. Thank you. I can never remember the name of that number. Uh, and I'm also thinking about Anastasia, where Rasputin's got all those, like, slug things that are, like, dancing around. So they have these, a lot of little small minions that don't really seem to be able to do a lot. But they're there and menacing anyways. Yeah. Strength in numbers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm scrolling through uh, the different claymation, but of course they're just in miscellaneous crew <laughs> alphabetically, which is a little frustrating. Um, but yeah, I, I do see I think I've actually like read it out because I was going nuts. But yeah, I think uh, David Altschul is claymation producer. Now, see, Will Vinton is credited as claymation director when you uh, go into his uh, when you when you're in the Return to Oz IMDb. But then, oh, I see, because I was like, Return to Oz isn't on this list, but I think it's because there are so many different. It must be the way he's credited that it doesn't come up. Yeah, because he's miscellaneous crew. Why didn't I think of scrolling all the way to the bottom and looking at miscellaneous crew? <laughs> but yeah, there are some really great, and, and actually when it's like, like Gary McRobert, like there are names on here that I've seen pop up on other movies that are kind of known for having these big, can you call a claymation scene a set piece? <laughs> um, but as you mentioned before, this is not all smooth sailing. This is like original Clash of the Titans where things are impressive but you also really see the lines. Uh, especially, there's one point where they're running away and kind of like everyone goes one at a time away from the gnomes. Let me see. It's around second 16 if you're trying to like take a look at it. There is such a clear line around each live actor <laughs> that it's just, and it's just a product of the time. Like it's not like, oh, someone really dropped the ball on this or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really impressive stuff, but I have my little, I have my little movies by minutes hat on, so I'm realizing <laughs> it. Yes. Um, and speaking of movies by minutes, does anyone else really remind it of Temple of Doom all of a sudden? Yes, with all the fire and the smoke and the, mm -hmm. the fact that they're trying to run away from pursuers. Absolutely. You almost half expect them to run by a open spot in the wall and see a minecart roll by <laughs> <laughs> it fit i mean we are in a cave my it, it could all work it could work um furuza bulk is just acting her little heart out <laughs> in this minute <laughs> all her dramatic moments and reactions because <laughs> um, there's one point where and it's early it's it's before i was pointing out and it's kind of where the line starts where she very clearly yells at nothing on set. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's imposed in later. Yeah. Like, you can almost see her, like, hitting her mark, doing the yell, and then turning away. I'm trying to remember how much we talked about her when you guys were on the first time. It feels like so long ago, and also, like, it just happened. <laughs> Podcasting is weird. Um, but, yeah, I guess they're just so creepy. I'm totally willing to buy them as henchmen. Way more than the Wheelers. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely say in the hierarchy of followers, the gnomes are better than the Wheelers. For one thing, the gnomes have opposable thumbs. 
which already way better. <laughs> oh, well, and we see a plausible thumb. So we get a very dramatic close-up of the Gnome King's hand coming closer. Jack does what I do in really scary situations where he freezes. <laughs> Although I don't think I yell for my mom. <laughs> I think I just am like, if I stay very still and cover my eyes, nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I, I'm still, I don't know how I feel about the whole Jack calling Dorothy mom. It's just weird. Thing. It's very strange. Yeah. I, once they started the bit, though, oh, man, they, they're consistent with it. Yep, they committed they to it all right. With it. You give them that, that's for sure. They get um, credit. Yeah, yeah. But he does, and then I'm very confused because it looks like the Gnome King is reaching down to pick up Jack Pumpkinhead, and yet very delicately picks him up by the ankles. Yeah. So opposable thumbs are back in play. <laughs> you would think that the pumpkin would get grabbed by the gourd portion. Yeah. H- has the Gnome King never used a claw machine? <laughs> Um, i have a confession i didn't remember jack almost getting eaten (laughs) (laughs) for how pivotal this is to like the entire movie i had no memory of this scene (laughs) i don't know why maybe i blocked it out but uh what belina's about to do but somehow did not remember the sequence of events that was the only way that could have led to that (laughs) One thing that really just irks me about this last portion is that the Gnome King milks this situation so hard. He grabs Jack, he picks him up, and he just slowly cranes him over to his mouth, and he opens up real wide, and we get to see his jaw extend, and we look, and it's like, gosh, dude, just poop or get off the toilet. If you're going to eat him, eat him. He did savor the sofa as well. (laughs) Seems to be part of his enjoyment is in the experience. He has read French women don't get fat, and he knows that he will enjoy the food more if he takes his time (laughs) and makes a meal of it. Uh, Plus, well, as as he said uh, earlier, it's more fun this way. The, The Gnome King always believes he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, good yeah. for him. He, he's he's always he's always doing. Yeah, his, the his best thing. villains always believe that they are in the right. Overconfident patriarch. Um, <laughs> but we do get that great view down um, down the gnome king's throat, mm-hmm. down the gullet. That is that is kind of cool and creepy, and again, very Temple of Doomy. Yes, I'm glad we get that little bit. And then we hear, oh my god, his face when he hears Belina. Yes. I hate the human eyes, but they were worth it for this. Absolutely. I love how the corner of his mouth just, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, drops, flexes. He, You could almost see him with his mouth open initially. It's almost like he's smiling, like he's happy to be doing this. And then when he hears that, that cluck, it, it's just such a sh- subtle shift. <laughs> it's a subtle shift there we go and that one human eye the way it spins around to look down oh so good you're right because yeah if you i again listeners at home if you look at minute 
92, and you go to second 43, that is pure evil glee. And then very quickly, where is the exact moment? I want to make sure I get it right. Second 54 has completely changed with just such a small, you're right, it's, it's, it's so subtle, but so well, so obvious. It's really well done. It's as if a real actor is in there doing that with their face. Uh, yeah, I, I could have done with a few less close-ups of Dorothy shouting no, because like I said, she's doing her best. She's not doing a bad job, but there's only so much she can really do with that. Yeah, that's that's probably her biggest, biggest challenge. Yeah. Oh, aside from maybe uh, we were talking about the, the TikTok winding scene. <laughs> Where she was probably acting against against the statue, <laughs> not even with not even with Belina, not with anything else in the room. Uh, so Belina's big reveal. Yep, everyone forgot yeah. about poor Belina. How could you forget Belina? <laughs> She's a sassy talking chicken. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of the phrase "Deus ex machina"? <laughs> <laughs> In this yes. movie, we kind of have an ovum ex machina. <laughs> Not so much a god from the machine, but an egg from the machine. That comes in at the last yeah. minute and just saves everybody. Not necessarily unexpectedly, but in an unexpected way. Yeah, and we, we get a little bit of payoff. Not quite this minute. Uh, yeah. With why uh, the Gnome King is upset about Belina, why chickens are banned. Yeah. Which... We've heard referenced a few times with you know, kind of like the Gnome King's transformation to be human. Just It's just out there. There's no real explanation. It's just going on. And now we get we get a little mm -hmm. bit of payoff. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, we don't we don't get in this minute what happened. But there is a clear reaction. We recognize her voice. So I don't feel like we're spoiling anything for next <laughs> week by saying this. And we had, we had been told this whole time, chickens aren't allowed. Mm -hmm. Don't let the chicken reach the Gnome King. And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, we're going to find out why. <laughs> Meanwhile, poor Jack is just dangling there. Yeah, he lost his top. How did it take this for Belina to say anything? <laughs> I mean, I realize because plot. Like, I know that's the answer, <laughs> but still. Well, a lot was happening when... When Jack uh, rematerialized, there wasn't really a good spot time for Belina to say, that was weird. Because, like Dorothy, she's the only yeah. traditionally living character. I wonder if maybe she was making little, like, concerned noises that no one could hear over, you know, the gnomes and everything. <laughs> it does seem to be a rather loud environment. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm looking up how to spell things before I embarrass myself putting in, the, <laughs> putting in the notes for this minute. Not that I'm naming it after that, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any other. It's funny, this is such an action packed minute, but a lot of the minute is kind of the same. You know, it's the Gnome King very slowly about to eat Jack Pumpkinhead. <laughs> and we were. You know, we, we lost out on seeing the gump uh, dart over and around. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we, we could have had dart, more darting. I do like, who's care? Is it Dorothy? 
Dorothy or the Scarecrow who's carrying the head around? I think it's the Scarecrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it'd be, it'd be big for Dorothy, but he does, like, a little... Yes! The Scarecrow's carrying at one point, and he just kind of, like, does his little frantic spinning around, but he's holding the gum. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Gump. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is not his... Not his second life. <laughs> so, yeah, and, uh... Having heard a character scream as he's lowered towards the Gnome King's mouth, I'm very glad they went with inanimate object to start us off. <laughs> so, yeah, I my original big note for this was, I see if you were a little kid, this movie would totally give you nightmares mm-hmm. and or inspire you to go into stop motion animation. Because <laughs> you think maybe... Someone in Hollywood must have seen this as a kid and be like, I know what I want to do now. I want to make gnomes. <laughs> We've talked before about how work-intensive stop-motion actually is and how no one should ever do it because it's a terrible idea and a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of uh, one episode of the show Parks and Rec where <laughs> Adam Scott's character quits his job or he loses his job and so he spends like six weeks trying to go into claymation animation and he (laughs) ends up doing about a second and a half of a music video and he's like that's it i've been working on this for six weeks (laughs) and so he's like i gotta get back to work (laughs) yep so when we eventually see the credits and all those claymation artists are listed there's a reason there are so many of them (laughs) And it was successful. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it. The gnomes, the gnomes may not be the best villains, but they look fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! They're so creepy. Oh, I mean, they're just they're they're more fluid. I don't know why that makes it worse. I also don't know why I did a thing with my shoulders that no one but me could see. But... <laughs> oh boy! All right. Um, that was all the notes that I had for this minute. I don't know if everyone else is contented. No, that's pretty much all I've got. Okay. And I just got to say, it was so nice that you guys had us back for a full week. <laughs> we definitely got a, a shortened opportunity the first time, so I'm glad you invited us back. Which, I mean, we are incredibly grateful that you guys were willing to step up for that. That was pure scheduling uh, kismet. But <laughs> it was nice yes. to actually make a well. plan and do a full week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, usually we open it up to, uh, Friday is our free-for-all, uh, whatever guests would like to talk about. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have anything that you desperately want to get off your chest still about this movie, though. I gotta say, we're so close to the end. It is really nice that we were able to get a couple of scenes in Mombi's Palace back with the first time we were on the show, because mm-hmm. we got such a great example of... The clever ways that they hid cameras. <laughs> Julia and I were talking about this when we were prepping dinner. And as you go through those scenes, and you're going to see it again a little bit down the road when they come back to the Crystal Palace or whatever it's called, that for how many mirrors there are, you never see the crew. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean, the whole production of everything is amazing. I'm amazed that it's minute 92. As you said, we are so close to the end of this movie. I still have so many questions. <laughs> like you'd think in 92 with the big bad guy dangling what we know is a big deal over his mouth 
I wouldn't still be like, why is Ozma in Mombi's palace? Where is Mombi right now? Did the wheelers make it all the way back to the palace? Why did he want to be human in the first place? Clearly, this is the better thing for him. Wait a second. Where is that? So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel like we're almost at the end of the, you know, action climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. What? When did Ozma get captured in the timeline? If she was able to have a visit oh to <laughs> visit the oh Kansas. My God. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so much that just doesn't make sense as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe our listener society has figured it all out. And by the time this airs, all my questions will have been answered. No, they won't. Um, <laughs> I've been watching this movie my entire life and I still don't understand what is going on with these villains. <laughs> Something about this week that I have found curious and a little disturbing to me is that we have not seen TikTok at all. He Ooh. is, he's an object, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just been completely absent for what feels like forever. Okay, we don't have a spoiler policy. Yeah. Someone, someone next week is going to say like, oh my God, we forgot about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That is gratifying. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> I almost mentioned him when I was saying, and I was like, save it. But yeah, <laughs> you, are, you are not alone. They literally just like, oh, crap. So, uh, but yeah, they, do, they don't scream, oh, crap, obviously. <laughs> it's a children's movie. But it is, it is strongly implied in their tone. <laughs> I say petrified polymorphs. <laughs> what was it? Smudge and blaze? Uh, I like the smudges. Sm- yeah, smudge and blazes. Smudge and blazes is good because it and... does sound like it could be a sw- You know, like, there's something about when it's yeah. close to a swear that somehow feels better. <laughs> Fumes and mm-hmm. furnaces just sounds random. Of course, I'm someone who on the regular says cheese Louise instead because I worked at a summer camp and... You develop coping mechanisms. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, this has been an absolute blast. I feel bad that we're leaving you guys with such a cliffhanger. But you'll just have to listen on Monday and see what happens. Yep. You, you watch the movie. You know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll pretend. Um, yeah, I hope the title Ovum Ex Machina isn't too much of a giveaway. But <laughs> Only for those that been... studied Latin. Yeah, we have been talking about <laughs> Belina and her role to play in all of this for, what, five months now? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you haven't watched the movie through by now, I, I can't help you. Just just keep listening. We'll get there. I promise. <laughs> how, how long did we uh, talk about a flying sofa before there was one? Yep. You stuck with us through that. You can stick with us through this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, our... I mentioned our Facebook group. It's a closed group, but that's to make sure you're a real person. Uh, it's Return to Oz Minute Listener's Flying Sofa. I know you guys have a group as well for your podcasts. Yep. So if people are interested in interacting with us on Facebook, they can find us at the Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone Facebook group. We're also a closed group. That's to keep out spammers and to make sure people are genuine. If Facebook is not your thing and you're more of a Twitter person, you can find us at Mad Max Minute. 
We technically have a Tumblr that I've been neglecting <laughs> to mention uh, because I just kind of set it up to auto post there so you can get episode updates there. We also have an Instagram, which I never use. <laughs> but i had to lock that down and of course we have our homepage of madmaxminute.com that has all of our content all in one place super easy for people to find there yeah mike we're we're also on instagram why don't you plug that though since i was unaware of it until extremely recently for a co-host of this show (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I was just grabbing all the social stuff, and I just, I didn't know what I was going to put up there. (laughs) It was a good grab. I'm not knocking it. It was a good grab, and it it matches all our other handles. I just think it's really funny that you're like, oh, yeah, we have an Instagram. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's at Oz Minute, just like Twitter and Facebook. We've got got rocks up there. We've got uh, me saying Oz. I kind of bungled it because I picked something green. That was... That was unfortunate because it doesn't transform because I don't have magic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can follow the Twitter, like that, that is stuff, Facebook. We already mentioned the group. And the mothership. <laughs> oh, returnedosminute.com with the, I don't know, uh, secret chamber fiery furnace entrance of weogtiogpiog.com. I just wanted to see where this was going. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could help him out, or I could see what he comes up with. <laughs> but yes. I'm staring at the script, looking for words that would inspire me, and nothing came up. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It's Friday. It's been a long week. It's been a very uh, scary, emotionally exhausting week. Bodies have been dismembered. I mean, I, I totally understand it, it taking a minute. Um, so we're going to close out. One last time with Rick and Julia and our magic words. Weog. Tiog. Piog.